Hello, everyone, and welcome inside Take to Take. Patrick Talon here, as always, joined alongside Luke Burrows and Nick Robinson. Uh, took a bit of a hiatus, I think, early December, late November. Uh, we stretched out as much news as we could, but things kind of got things dried up pretty quickly. And obviously, with school picking up, it was probably good for us to take some time off. But uh, we are back. Uh, the new NHL season is among us. We have tons to get into. But before we do that, how are we doing today? Good, Pat. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you since our last show. Yeah. Yeah, no, good to see you guys. Good to be back. Glad to be doing some shows again. Patrick, you know the intro because, uh, well, you don't have a script in front of you like you usually yes. do. So that yes. was pretty good on the fly. I miss that sort of uh, just go with it vibe. Yeah, so do I. It's a little more natural. Um, there's tons to get into and there's so much news picking up finally. Um, we're only three days away from opening night in the NHL. I'm pretty sure all of our favorite teams are playing. Ottawa plays right as well, Nick? No, nope, Ottawa does not play. Ottawa's the Friday. only one that Ottawa's doesn't the start last Friday. Team to oh, start, well, Dallas, even I though think. they have not played since March the 11th, it'll be 10 months well, tomorrow. It's another two days. Yeah. Well, that is unfortunate. But for Luke and I, um, I think Luke, you and I meet pretty quickly. Uh, our teams meet pretty quickly, rather. We'll be anyway, first, I think. Yes, in Vancouver, three games in a row. Anyway, before we get to the Canadian division, because that's going to sort of be the bulk of what we talk about today, let's get into some news. Uh, some pretty significant news, starting with this happened a couple of days ago. Corey Crawford retired, and it was rumored that he was going to take a leave uh, for personal reasons. And then just two days later, after those rumors, he came out and he. That's it. He retired. Um, it was after 10 NHL seasons. Uh, he has a franchise record, 52 playoff wins. He had has two cups, 2013 and 2015. Um, he won the William and Jennings. Uh, he, he truly is a good goaltender. And Nick, I'll sort of start with you because you, you're the one who's, I know your dad's a big Chicago Blackhawks fan. I know you've seen a ton of Chicago games. Uh, what, what was your initial reaction to seeing this news? Well, I think you hit the nail. On the head, he truly is a good goaltender. Now, Corey Crawford did have a great career, uh, you know, a couple of Stanley Cups. He was in some great duos. Um, you know, the Blackhawks always sort of cycled through backup goalies. He played with a lot of different guys. But it sort of seems like to me the impressive thing with Corey Crawford is that he was able to just go about his job no matter who was behind him, whether it was, you know, Ray Emery or Colin Delia, Robin Leonard, any guy like that he was always able to do his job. And I don't think the Blackhawks come close in 2013 or 2015 without Corey Crawford. I think we can all sort of agree on that. And, uh, you know, a 918 save percentage across his entire career. He's only got 488 games played, a pretty light career. You know, he hasn't been around that long. I don't even think it's a full decade uh, of an NHL career for Crawford, which is crazy to think about because it really feels like he's been around forever. But, I, you know, a lot of respect for him. Truly great career. The hockey fan inside me, and I think, you know, maybe you guys might agree with this, probably didn't want to see him play in New Jersey just because he always will feel like a Blackhawks goaltender. Um, but, you know, congrats to Corey Crawford on a great career. Well, I'm surprised you didn't just bring it up there, Nick, um, because you mentioned this a while ago. But um, one of the first players that I think people our age have kind of been able to watch from uh, beginning to end. And I, um, I had to do a little bit of research on this before I realized this, but that his first big season was 10, 11 uh, in which Alex Burroughs ended their, uh, their playoffs. So obviously that was pretty, what Pat, Nothing. that was um, pretty significant for me. And I didn't realize that was his, like, it, I don't think it was technically his rookie season, but that was like his, his first breakout season. So it's, um, yeah, like that's, it, it is a short career. Uh, I think he's 36. Is that correct? So it's, it's not young, but it's, it's kind of eye opening to watch that uh, from open to close. It's kind of interesting to see happen. Yeah. And I think for whatever reason, the narrative around Corey Crawford was that he was a really inconsistent goaltender. There was kind of truth to that, but um, I reference Jay Fresh all the time. He put an article saying he was actually one of the more consistent goaltenders of the last decade. And for whatever reason, he was always the target of, of that criticism and how a lot of it really isn't justified. So um, it is weird to see. It's, it's weird. The, the Blackhawks are in a really peculiar situation because we heard a couple months ago that core players like uh, Taves and Kane were frustrated with the rebuild. You have Doc injured. You have Taves with this illness that no one that hasn't really been disclosed. Um the future of the team is, is really odd. And I think it's probably 
in a way, a blessing in disguise because it's probably a top 10 pick, probably a top five pick, given what the roster looks looks like. And maybe they can kind of expedite the reset. But um, as far as Corey Crawford goes, that really is unfortunate. And I, I we all wish him the best and kudos to him on, on a fantastic career. Let's. Uh, I, I want to ask one question on it, though. You know, a couple questions, actually. Sure. Do you guys think that Corey Crawford is a hockey Hall of Famer? It's a short career. But I think it's something that's going to pick up with this Blackhawks core because, you know, there's going to be a lot of Hall of Famers that come out of this team. Keith, Kane, Taves, all will be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hosa's another one. Brent Seabrook, you know, despite his shortcomings later on in his career and now is going to get some consideration just because of their success. But Corey Crawford, two Stanley Cups, he was technically part of that Olympic gold medal winning team in 2014, and he was part of the World Cup of Hockey squad in 2016. Is he, to you guys, a Hockey Hall of Famer? That's tough be- just because of um, the like, relative shortness of his career generally. You know, if you're in the, if you're in the hall, you're pretty storied, and not to say he isn't storied, but – and maybe that's even – maybe that's even more impressive that he he's done what he's done in a 10 year career. So I don't know. Um, if it were up to me, I would say, yeah, you can't really argue otherwise with some other names that are there, but just on how, how you see who does go into the hockey hall of fame. I doubt it. I doubt that would happen. But if you're saying if what would I put him in the, in the hall of fame? Yeah, I think I would. Patrick, you, yeah, I think so. And I'm looking at his numbers here. Uh, the the Jennings Trophy in twenty trophy in 2012. Um, yeah, yeah few, Chicago allowed the fewest goals, 1.94 goals against. Uh, in playoffs, he went 16 and 17, 9, 9.32 save percentage. Like his numbers were good. And whenever Chicago had to win a game, and I'm thinking of the playoffs back in, in 2012 in that sort of time when they were in. He was he was near perfect. He was not he was not a problem for that team. And I feel like, uh, like Luke said, it, it you have to factor in the shortness of his career. But his career itself is a success given everything he's done. So I, I'd probably lean towards him being a Hall of Famer. What do you think? Yeah, I would say so for me. Absolutely, he is. You know, like I said earlier, 2013, 2015. I just don't think they come close without him. No. And you know, we're always going to sing the praises of guys like Kane and Taves for what they've done for this Blackhawks core. Those are going to be the faces of this team. But I don't think they do a lot of what they do without the role that Corey Crawford played. And, you know, New Jersey this year is probably losing it, a guy that was going to play for them quite a bit, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what they do to combat this because they're now stuck in the same sort of position that Henrik Lundqvist put Washington in where they're going to need to fill a spot now. So we'll see what comes next uh, with New Jersey, I guess, to continue the story of Corey Crawford. But I think uh, hats off to him from all of us on a marvelous career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Luke, your team made headlines last night in a Thank scrimmage. Um, they won. Tyler Mott and Adam Gaudet. Yeah, they won. That's funny. Uh, mm. Tyler Mott and Adam Gaudet. Who slew-footed who? Mott slew-footed Gaudet. Um, okay. uh, you don't do that in a team scrimmage. And that was like, I know sometimes it gets, uh, and this isn't my anti-Canucks uh, bias, but I know sometimes it does get chippy in those games and and it does seem a little intense, but that was a pretty nasty slew foot. Yeah, maybe it, maybe was. it was slightly accidental and they ended up uh, going at it pretty, pretty heavily. Like they were, they, they were threw, fighting. Was, I think they each threw a punch and then they fell over. I don't think right, you're, you're downplaying this. I'm like, just stating the facts and you're downplaying it. That is a, that is not a good thing. Even if it happened. I, if it I happened, don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a notably game. bad thing. I think it, it's a bad I, thing. every team does it. Every you've seen, Every t- that'll happen to every team. Um, the the fighting part of it is pretty normal. The fact Mott did that to his teammate, like the the slew foot part. Yeah. Okay, that's a bit questionable. The slew foot is worse than the fight. <clears throat> no, yeah, that yeah, I agree. I agree there because usually, usually when you see fights in like within a team, it's from something I don't know something stupid. But like that was actually uh, an explicit. Um, offense i guess i didn't really put too much thought into it i know a lot of the guys like mott i think he's a he's a really good locker room guy i i i don't know i, I saw it and i was like yeah that's kind of dumb but i i think they probably moved on five minutes later nick 
that's pretty normal hockey behavior. I think, you know, it's not a great thing. You never want to see two teammates doing it, but I mean, it happens. Hockey is a competitive sport. These are competitive guys, both trying to, you know, make a name for themselves in camp, trying to be a big piece of the roster going forward. So, you know, obviously things are going to boil over sometimes. So I, I think this is, you know, more so a byproduct of having nothing to talk about. So, right. You are, I think you're both correct. And it, big picture probably not a big deal it is a big deal if it happens a lot to the same player and just 10 minutes ago i got a notification that pk suban and I believe miles wood uh we're getting we're doing that in practice that happened in montreal with suban and mechanics it happened with suban and deharnay it happened with suban and gallagher three times and i think patch at least twice that's different. That's a problem that speaks to issues beyond just a little thing in scrimmage. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys real quick about, about PK Subban bounce back here. He was um, one of the worst defensemen last year. Does he bounce back this year? Finally. And no, no, I, no, I don't even, what a sharp, what a drop off. I I don't even have a serious decline. No, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have a roster spot by the end of the year. I no. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't think it's that serious, but um, I actually think he might have a bit of a bounce back. I mean, how much worse can it get for PK Subban? I still think there's some talent there. Um, maybe it's just wishful thinking at this point. I did um, consider taking him in a fantasy hockey draft I did this weekend with my sort of last pick. Didn't really have room for him at the end, but it's something I did consider just because I think, you know, maybe hopefully some of what he's been dealing with that sort of dragged him down. It seems like off the ice, maybe some things have been distracting him. At least that's what people are saying. Who knows? Maybe a bit of a bounce back because I, I'm not sure how much worse it can get. I don't think it's going to hit Luke's point though. Well, I just mean, if, that's a take. if it's a I just take. mean, if at the end of the year, PK Subban doesn't have a consistent roster spot, I would not be surprised. I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. I just think if it were to happen, I could see that based on the downward plummet his career is heading. Yeah, he went from Norris to arguably Nashville's best to – I thought that was a steal for New Jersey, and he – I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. But well, it should have slash could have been, right? Yeah, and on paper it was, right? But uh, let's, uh, let's move on to sort of some of the stuff surrounding the NHL season. Um, season hasn't even begun, and we're already – there was an outbreak, COVID outbreak uh, in Dallas. I believe it was six – players a couple of staff members and in i think f- or maybe my, is it my numbers no i think i think it was four players two staff members. okay yeah six total okay somewhere. and then yeah. and then in columbus they canceled some practices in fear of a potential outbreak. as well as vancouver today yeah uh dallas postponed their games i don't think they had a re- did they reschedule them yet or no i don't think because they, so. they have all this stuff to do with vancouver and then obviously columbus do you guys think that this season we could see sort of what happened last year when covid first happened that this season just they take a break or they have stricter stricter quarantine rules or, or do you even think we're gonna because there's some people online saying that people that they don't think the nhl is gonna have a full season they think it's gonna have to stop and they're gonna have to reset and then finally do another playoff bubble like they did last year do you guys think they actually get every team gets through a full season yeah, and I think I think you have to. I mean, the Dallas situation is concerning because there's a lot there. Um, but Vancouver and assuming Columbus is kind of in the same boat. Like a lot of that stuff, it's just it's so, um, it is so based on precaution. Like they, there could be really nothing there. It could be it could be a, a player's wife thinks she was exposed to. To COVID, right? Like it's it can it can yeah, go we don't know pretty enough. far. It could also be it could also be Brock Besser thinks he's pretty confident he was exposed to COVID. So it's it's a spectrum, right? Um, I think until you get something pretty solid like what came out of Dallas, I wouldn't be super concerned. But you never know. I I do think every team is going to get through um, is going to get through a full season. I'm I'm sure the NHL has thought about that and is trying to obviously avoid some teams not playing the full 56 at all costs. If the NHL and sorry, if the NFL and the MLB and all the cases they've had can sort of get through their seasons and push through the way they have, I'm sure the NHL is going to, uh, you know, this is why taxi squads were created sort of to make up for players that were exposed. The English Premier League is another one. 
uh, really any soccer league in Europe, even with the variants going around, there's a lot of positive cases coming out in sports all over the world. And leagues are just continuing to push through because simply the financial benefits of playing just far outweigh the health or the health risks with not playing, uh, at least in the eyes of the the leagues, which raises a lot of fair ethical questions with regards to sports right now. And is it really something we should be worrying about? But in terms of financial reasoning, I don't see any way the NHL doesn't force this season to be played out. Yeah. And I think the way, the way the NHL handled the bubble, the world juniors, the way you can sort of navigate around COVID in hockey, I think it's a lot different than other teams or other leagues rather. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but we're going to wrap up here. Moving on to the exciting parts of, of the show and what we can always look back and laugh at are our outrageously terrible predictions. This happens every single year, but we have to do it anyway. Um, starting with division winners. Do you guys remember last year when we had to predict the division and uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't prepare that day? And yes, well, I if do. I distinctly remember, we were in the studio at Ryerson Spirit Live. Luke and I did the first episode because Patrick wasn't there, and Luke and I spent a good hour doing predictions, uh, where I famously made a great one for the Norris that Luke has never bugged me about again. <laughs> never. I don't even remember it, to be honest. I don't have it. a video no, it, or anything. It hasn't been brought up at any point whatsoever again. But, uh, you know, I, I do enjoy doing these predictions, yes. and... You know, maybe we should do at some point look back at our playoff ones because I don't think we ever did like a retrospective on our no, playoff predictions. We only did it for some series this past. Uh, I was the only one that got the finals right. You both said Dallas, so I don't even know why I said Dallas. I'm not gonna. I like. I feel like I just shouldn't have said that. You know what? Too now often we're gonna see it again. I make predictions with my heart and my head. Well, all these are spot on, so yeah, I'm good I to go. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's uh, let's start with who who's gonna win each division, and we're gonna leave the Canadian division or the North division to the end because that's obviously gonna gain the most discussion. Let's start with the East division. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have who I think is gonna win it, and then a really close second. Let's start with the East division. Um, for those listening, that is Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Washington Capitals. Luke, I'm gonna start with you. Who is your winner of the East division? There is a lot there, um, like a lot of up-and-coming teams, but mm. I think I have to go with Boston still just because I don't think they got any worse over the offseason. Um, I've heard a lot of people arguing that they got a lot better. I also don't think that, but I just don't think they got any worse. Uh, so I think for now I would still say Boston, but I want like, I'd, I'd like to see Philly. I'd like to see the Islanders, but I, I think Philly's more realistic. Um, and I think uh, I, I saw a prediction Pittsburgh in fifth or something, which I think is spot on. And I'm excited to see that. But for now, the Boston Bruins. Do you have a close second? Philadelphia uh, okay. or Washington. But I, again, I want to see Philly. So, All right, Luke. Nick. Well, Nick just spoke. This uh, has been happening all Nick's day. Nick's going to take it. Uh, <laughs> My winner of the division is the Philadelphia Flyers, the team Luke said he didn't quite want to put there. But uh, for me, Philadelphia, especially last year down the stretch, showed that ability to just grind out regular season results. And they are a team that can get very hot. Elaine Vigneault is a good regular season coach. He has a good track record uh, of being effective in the regular season. I think you know that's going to go a long way this year, especially in a shortened season. All they have to do is come out strong out of the gate, which I think they will. Um, you know, in sort of our other predictions later that we're going to get to, you're going to see why I think they're going to be able to progress that much and remain on top of what is a very competitive division here. I think Boston's going to be a close second just because, you know, they didn't get too much worse. I think they did take a little bit of a step back. Um, you know, they probably should have addressed their defense after losing Tory Krug. They probably should have picked up somebody there. But I think Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy with a few more minutes under each of their belts – um, added this season should improve and could limit that blow. I don't think they're going to take a step back at all. But uh, Philadelphia, I just think, especially this year with the taxi squad included, they have they do have a lot of depth at forward and defense, and they have a good minor league system, and I think that's going to come into play this year. Okay, I think I'm definitely a lot 
I'm not low on Boston, but I'm definitely not as high as Boston on Boston as you guys are because I don't have them in my one or two. My number one is the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, they're a fairly deep team. They got good defense. They've got good forwards. Uh, Sean Couturier really emerging into one of the better two-way centers. Uh, Carter Hart was pretty good in the playoffs last year. Nick, you mentioned it. Uh, Alain Vigneault having a good track record. Uh, my close second would be the Washington Capitals. Um, just given how, how great Obi has been, all the rest he's gotten going into the season. And if I can touch on Boston real quick, I don't know. I just think you lose Krug, and I'm not – I do like McAvoy quite a bit, but I'm not sold on any of those other guys in their top four. Plus, you have Pasternak and uh, Marshall injured for a good chunk of the – or at least the at least the first month in, in a bit of the season. I know they have to get reevaluated, but that's not enough for me to have them in my top two, but I'd probably have them at three. Um, but we're not going to go through the entire standing. So um, my two, let's move on to the central division. In the central, you have Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Tampa Bay. Safe to say we all have the same first place. I, yeah, oh. we all have Chicago, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't realize we all have Chicago. I've got Tampa Bay. I also have Tampa Bay. Luke, do you not have Tampa Bay? I like, I, I didn't write them down, but like, yeah, um, I have Carolina. I think That's fair. there's a team that just keeps getting better. Um, that's in the, well, the West Conference. Um, in the East, so Carolina, they just keep getting better as well, step by step. And they, they've got a lot, of, a lot of guys that are just like right there, ready to make that next step. Are they going to be better than Tampa? A Kucherov-less Tampa? I don't know. Um, but like a a shortened season and we should have prefaced this that like these all these divisions are just going to be totally insane they're going to be impossible to predict but i think if anyone's going to take advantage of the situation tampa's in this year it's going to be carolina yeah i do have carolina second i think they'll uh push but i just tampa bay i have no more reason to doubt them uh especially after last year going on winning the stanley cup i just I can't doubt Tampa Bay and I can't try to be hipster with some of these picks. I just have to respect <laughs> the greatness that is the Tampa Bay lightning for me, at least when choosing them. Yeah, no, same here. The only thing, and Luke, I, I don't think anyone, that's not really a hot take. I could, like, I respect that. But the, and the only thing is like, look, Tampa was pretty banged up in the playoffs. You look at how all the injuries, some of those guys played through Carolina probably has the, the advantage of all the rest they had. So um, it's not impossible. Let's touch on the West though. Uh, I'm going to guess we have the same one, too. Colorado, Vegas. Yeah, what order do you have it in, Pat? Colorado, then Vegas. I also have that. Colorado is the team that just keeps getting better. I have it Vegas, then Colorado. Uh, My simple reasoning is that I think Vegas' goaltending is really going to aid that, and I think Robin Leonard is in for a really good season. I think it's going to be good for him, especially now after bouncing around between the Islanders to Chicago to Vegas in the past two years, mm-hmm. I think that bit of security is going to help his game take another step forward. So, uh, and I really like their offensive depth. What I like about the Vegas Golden Knights going into this season for me, uh, no disrespect to Colorado who made some immensely impressive uh, additions to their team in the off season, but there's still that teensy weensy bit of a question mark with their goaltending for me. I don't think yep. Vegas got better, though. They're still really, really good. One of the Petrangelo? best teams in the league. But I don't think they got notably better over the offseason. They, they added arguably the best free agent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But when you, when you look at their forward core and their goaltending core, which it's a little bit unfair to say because um, the like the Lanner ad is like technically last season. Uh, but Petrangelo, I can't really argue that. Uh, but they they lost they lost quite a bit too. I just I don't know. I, that's that's a fair point, but I would still say Colorado. Fair. All right, Patrick. Well, you want to move on then. This is the this is the fun part. Pick your cup winner right now. Putting you on the spot, Nick. Go ahead. Tampa Bay Lightning go for a repeat. I think Kucherov healthy, rested. I think he's gonna come back. They said and regular take season, right? Forward. Right. And I, I suspect they're going to keep him out pretty much the entire regular season, even yeah. if he's healthy, sort of with 10 games to go. I think you give him a few games to get under his belt, and then he, you come in totally rested into the playoffs. Well, um, funny enough, I have Colorado over <laughs> Dallas because that is a thing that can happen. 
Um, what a good series it was last year. I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like, again, I don't need to repeat how high I am on Colorado, but I think Dallas kind of knows where they are now. And if anything, they're going to be hungrier for, um, I mean, you can't really take another step. The only other step being the Stanley cup. And if anything, they're going to be better this year in my eyes. Yeah, Dallas, it hinges a lot on Jamie Benn. He really needs to have a bounce back year. Look at a lot of the guys in that roster. I wouldn't even just just shy of 20 goals. They, I think they had one or two 20 to 21 goals. Yeah, they, they need else. a lot of guys they to step up and be better. Jamie Benn especially. Ben, I even I Sagan say he in the playoffs was bounce back here. I just think he needs to get back to normal. He can't repeat I, last year, I guess. Yeah, last yes. year. Yeah, okay. It wasn't like that a was out of the ordinary, though. Like that was. Yeah. He's been trending in that direction, though. Like it's it what hasn't been like it all of a sudden a drop off, but it's like last last playoffs was concerning. Tyler Sagan in the playoffs was dreadful. Yeah, like yeah. dreadful. So those those guys, Radulov's getting up there. Um, they still have Pavelski. We'll see. But um, yeah, my cup winner is Colorado. It has to be. Like it has to be. I, I, I oh, can't it see doesn't it. because I said it's Tampa Bay. I, so therefore, I feel it like it has to be. be. You add and. They didn't they're so they good. Didn't, like they're, they're, and they the additions they made were so perfect. Like yeah. you're gonna have Bowen Byron likely step in. You add Devon Taves, who is perfect. You add Brandon Sod, and those additions don't shake up the roster too much. Sometimes you see a roster go through too much turnover and they can't readjust in time. I think adding a really good top four defenseman in Taves, a consistent top six scorer in Sod, you know what you're getting. I think I think it's perfect, and, and I really think they have to. It, a lot of it hinges on Frenzos and uh, Grubauer, but when you have Nathan McKinnon, goaltending is not the biggest factor. So, um, okay, time for our major awards. I can't wait to look back and, and laugh at these. Uh, let's start with the uh, the Calder. Nick, who is your Calder pick? I think you know who my Calder pick is, and this is where I start using the heart instead of the head. I picked Tim Stutzla. If you watch the World Junior Championships – uh, you know what he's all about, and you have seen what he can do. I think one big leg he has up on some of the others in his rookie class is that he has played with men. He has played professionally before in Germany. I think that's going to aid him. I think he's going to come out of the gate relatively strong in Ottawa. He's going to get the ice time. He's going to get the good usage in Ottawa. You know, maybe his line mates aren't ideal. He doesn't have the greatest supporting cast there yet. But still, as long as he's getting – you know, top six minutes and producing on the power play. I think Tim Stutzla is going to make a seamless transition into Ottawa and into all of our hearts and in the hearts of the voters. Believe it or not, I, uh, I actually have the same answer. I think, I, I think it's, it's a bit tricky because I don't think, for example, I don't think Tim Stutzla is going to be better than Lafreniere. Uh, career-wise, but I think the most important thing is, and Nick mentioned it, is that he's the most ready, it appears, um, ready for the NHL. So, And I also think with an NHL season that starts in January, Stutzla's Calder campaign has already kind of started um, with the juniors. Obviously, that doesn't um, technically have anything to do with it, but everyone's learning his name. He had a heck of a tournament for um, a team like Germany and he's coming, he's coming in ready. Like, that's, yeah. So you, I, you I think that that's the most important, especially on a short season. I hadn't yeah. even thought of that, but on a short season, it's, it's going to be very important not to get off to a slow start. Um, I, I think Lafreniere is going to have a really good season too, but Stutzla I think is just, you know, most ready to go for 56 games. Yep. I, yeah, I, that's not my pick. And I, while it very well could be, I think that's both a respectable pick. I'm going to pick a different one uh, in part for having the sake of a different answer, but yeah, you're both right. They're both starting on the third line. I believe Lafreniere is starting on the third line. Um, I think Stutzel is more likely to work his way up the lineup faster. And this isn't a shot at the Sens, but he was on a bad Germany team challenged by a lot of really strong Canadian teams, American teams. And that's going to be the exact same case for Tim Stutzel going up against Toronto, going up against Edmonton. He's up for the challenge. Um, so Good pick. I'm going with Kirill Kaprizov in Minnesota. 
Uh, playing first line with Fiala, I, I, this guy's unbelievable. He played against men in the KHL, 62 points in 55 games, more or less. Um, he's awesome. He is super skilled. He looks good in practice. So um, he'll be mine. And my runner-up, um, I just had to add uh, Ilya Sororkin in the New York Islanders, if we're going to pick a goalie. I know Shesterkin is the trendy pick, but I'll, I'll be a hipster for a second and go <laughs> Ilya uh, Sororkin. Um, speaking of goaltenders, the Vesna. I'm going to go first. Okay. I have Andre Vasilevsky because I can't not have Andre Vasilevsky. And my, I'm not going to say my runner up, but uh, Vesna, go ahead. Guys. Is it Jacob Markstrom? Go ahead. One of you. My go answer ahead. is Jacob Markstrom. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably, it could be Vasilevsky or Halibut or whoever, but um, I think he's only going to get better. And I think in a, in a new light, I guess you could say, I think it's he's all Calgary has, so I think he's gonna he's gonna have a very good season. Uh, I didn't pick either of those guys, and you know that's nice that we all have different answers here, bringing some different guys to the table. Uh, I picked Carter Hart. I mentioned earlier that I think the Flyers are gonna be, uh, you know, a big contender in that East Division. And I think Carter Hart's gonna be playing a big role. The Flyers play a pretty solid defensive system and they keep a lot of chances away from him. But as you said, Patrick in the playoffs last year, he proved that he can be a difference maker in that. And I think he's going to be exactly that for the Flyers. Uh, And I think a lot of their success is going to hinge on him and vice versa. So Carter Hart for me. Perfect. Let's uh, let's cycle through these pretty quickly before we get on to some of the storylines and obviously the end doing our North division uh, standings prediction, the heart last year, we all thought Panarin should win it. Um, it ultimately went to Dry, uh, dry I was going to say Drysdale, uh, Drysidle. Uh, but who do you guys think will come out as the Hart Trophy winner this season? Luke? For me, it was Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, I think they will get to it. I think they're the favorites in the North yeah. slash Canadian division. And I think his record against teams like Ottawa and Montreal speak for itself. I think he's in to continue that he's going to get a lot of attention in Toronto this year. I think that he's going to, the media coverage always helps in these awards at the end of the day. And I think that's going to bolster it a lot for Matthews. And I think he's in for a monster season. So Austin Matthews, my hard trophy winner. I Luke, have, do you have mustache man? Who? Do you have mustache man or do you have someone else? Ew, no, don't <laughs> talk about that. That's. Uh, ew. Um, I have an award going to Matthews. It's not to the heart. Uh, I have Panarin. And I have another award also going to Panarin. I think he's going to do much of the same. Um, but again, when you get down to the definition of the heart, uh, I think... As Luke likes to remind us every time we talk one. about it. <laughs> I, like it's not, not to say... I think he has more help this year for sure. You, you'd hope so with who's, um, with who's coming up. But again, I think just like last year, Panarin. Okay. Uh, I have neither of those guys. Uh, I have Jack Eichel. And even with the additions of Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel is, he is the Buffalo Sabres and he, it's hundred percent the media. It's hundred percent because Buffalo never gets enough attention and that's justified. That is that market, but uh, he is that team. And while that team is not very good, they still have a pretty solid top six and he is getting help. But I think you take Eichel away from that team. That's a lottery team right away. Um, so he is my pick. And then my close second or runner up, if you will, would probably be Artemi Panarin. Are you still confident in that, knowing how much the playoffs weigh into those awards? Well, it's my it's my thing. If I was the guy, I I would. But yeah, you're right. If if, if the playoffs happened, then it would probably be any of the guys you mentioned. But uh, good shout, Nick. I, I probably wouldn't have thought of Matthews. Um, I'm always thinking of t- players on worse teams, and Toronto is a good team. That's what or, it should be. You hear that, guys? Toronto does not live rent-free in Patrick's head. He does not think about them. He just confirmed that. So that's for some uh, Norris, this is a fun one. This is, uh, this is Nick's favorite. Nick, is this the year Miro Heiskanen takes it home? Heiskanen? No. Um, <laughs> I, I have a couple guys. I really struggled with this one. Um, I wanted to think young again, but then I remembered what happened last year. Uh, I have it on my sheet right here. I wrote a name, but I'm thinking two names. I'm taking a long time to get into this. Uh, Kale McCarr was the guy I wrote down. I think this is the year the Norris Trophy transitions into being a young man's award because it really feels like 
you know, for a while now, it's really that 27 to 30 crowd that really wins a lot of the Norris trophies. I think Kill McCarter with a excellent partner in Devon Taves is going to have a monster season for the Avalanche. They're going to score a lot of goals. They're going to beat up on some of the bad teams in their division. And I think it's going to, uh, with Colorado being as good as they will be, I think it's going to play into his hands a lot. Uh, the guy that I also considered, though, was Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins mm. because I think he's a brilliant defenseman. And I think him taking over as the team's go-to D-man ahead of Tory Krug is somewhat of a blessing in disguise. And he's going to run the show there, and I think it's going to work out wonderfully for him. Well, in terms of age, um, I'm kind of right in the middle. I would love to see a Kale McCarr. Okay or maybe a Quinn Hughes win the, win the Norris, but I don't think they might deserve it, but I just don't think uh, we'll see that happening in their sophomore year. Um, but I don't have someone in that 27 to 30 range. I have Shea Theodore. Um, I thought he was going to say Weber. I prepared myself to hear Weber <laughs> there. I prepared myself to hear Weber. Holy crap. Oh, boy. No, I could go on why I wouldn't pick Weber enough enough um anyways uh I I I think again he's gonna he should deserve it and he was in the discussion last year um but does he do enough of what uh I don't know how to word this of what you have to do to get this award because uh, I well okay I shouldn't say that because last year it was it was pretty appropriate but a lot of times before that it goes to it goes to defensemen that you if you kind of watch hockey more seriously, you wouldn't really consider. So do I think he's going to deserve it? Yeah. Will he get it? I don't know. Probably not. Well, that was a little rude, but I have, uh, Petrie. uh, you know what? Petrie's going to get a lot more Norris votes this year and he deserves it. And he deserves every extra vote he gets, but he is not my Norris pick. Uh, anyway, I had to get that out, but uh, I'm going to go with Alex Petrangelo. And I think if the Vegas golden Knights go on, I don't want to say a hot streak because they've always been pretty good and fairly consistent. If they get the job done, if they go to the, however the playoff format is going to be the Western conference final or the cup final um, and they, or if they win the cup, whatever, whatever happens, I think he's going to be them to sort of push them over the edge. Um, my runner up funny enough was Shea Theodore. Um, any of those two, I think it's time for Petrangelo uh, to, to get one. And, and I think, uh, I think he's going to do it. The art Ross, I think, all of us have one, like our, 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 whoever's first or second, we should have the same two. McKinnon Dreisaitl? Uh, I've got McDavid there. I, I have McDavid. McDavid's going to be the guy that runs it this year for Edmonton. I think Dreisaitl's going to cool off a bit. And uh, again, against some Canadian teams, I think McDavid's going to do very well. I think so, all the superstars and, in Canada are going to do really well this year. Yeah. Um, McDavid, one of them. Yeah. Patrick, yeah. so you have uh, Dreisaitl McKinnon? I have McKinnon Dreisaitl. Okay. Uh, Miami third. I'll, I'll say I'll say my rocket What's Richard that? quickly. Oh. Yeah, my, I'll go with my rocket Richard just because again they sort of go hand in hand. I don't think this guy's going to get a lot of assists though, but uh, it's my Hart Trophy winner Austin Matthews. Again, his goal scoring record against teams like Montreal and Ottawa really speaks for itself, and he's going to love playing against them nine or ten times. I so have I the have same him one in a fantasy league this year, so. Um, you know, maybe every time he scores against Ottawa, it's more of a type thing. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll say Matthews. I didn't have that, but it makes sense. I can't see it not being Matthews, although I think it's going to be very, very, very close with Ovechkin because he's hungry uh, for that. I don't think – I think it's going to – I I don't want to say Ovechkin's <laughs> going to drop off, but I don't think he's going to be able to compete with, with Matthews. Yeah, fair. Okay. And pass the um, next out of the question. So. Looking at these three – seasons or these uh these three divisions that we've gone over sorry who do you think is going to be uh this can be a player or a team or anything really who do you think is going to disappoint who do you think who do you think is not going to live up to the hype that can be player well, i hate team? to do this to you pat um okay because when i was going into this i uh i was doing disappointments for the canadian division so unfortunately montreal plays in that division uh, and I think I think Josh Anderson is going to be a pretty big disappointment. Um, he's going to be sticking to it. He's going to be a, to it. I can't wait to clip this. He's going to be an, an, to a, a pleasure to watch for me, uh, but mm -hmm. he's going to disappoint a lot of Habs fans because they signed him to a bad contract, and he's 
not gonna perform like he should. So, All right. So uh, set, set the set the bar. What what what's he going to produce in, in a fifty six game season? Because he is so terrible, according to you, and because he's I don't, he I don't think contract, he's terrible. He's I just bad, think it's a bad contract. So, but what does that have to? Do? But he can still play. He can still play well. He's healthy. He's playing. I'm not well saying now. he shouldn't be in the league. I just don't think he's. But you're saying do. he's going to disappoint. So what what do you think is a reasonable I think reasonable this, expectation for Josh Anderson? I'm I think this year he puts up. How many goals? Um, just give me a number for goals number over under 10 goals how's that i was gonna say about 10 uh over under 10 over 10 to 12 and points uh 20 25 all right anyway uh disagree with everything you're saying and i'm going to clip this as soon as we're done recording yeah go for it goes off against vancouver in the three games and beats them up yeah i, I think i need to go into my disappointment after yeah. listening to that yeah go ahead nick uh luke gets the vancouver canucks for me i <laughs> think team? after i think the whole team i think the whole team's gonna flop this year i think they're gonna battle it out with uh ottawa at the bottom of oh, the north division on. i really believe that um <laughs> they really captured a lot of hearts last year and gained a lot of attention Absurd. for their run in the playoffs last year. And while it was very admirable, I think it is in turn very foolish and naive to come back with that same roster minus Jacob Markstrom. Look, and Tyler Toffoli. And Tyler Toffoli. I, I'm as big of a fan as Pet of Pedersen and Hughes as anybody. Except and Besser and Miller and Horvat and yes, you know. all good players in their own right. But I cannot get over putting thrusting Thatcher Demko into a situation purely based off of three, albeit brilliant games against Vegas. They have now handed him the starting job for that. They brought in Braden Holpe, who is on a serious decline. I think he will flop as well. I still look at that defense and it pains me outside of Hughes. I I cannot Jordy see Beth. this team finishing ahead <laughs> of at least five others in the North Division. It, That's I can't see it. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna work out horribly I, for them. I don't I, I if there is one team in the Canadian division that I think the Ottawa Senators could overachieve and pass, I think it literally could be the Vancouver Canucks. That is so not that is a, a more reasonable take than saying that Josh Anderson will be Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, that kind of ties into mine. That kind of ties into mine. Thank you, uh, Nick. You're my favorite. Uh, yeah, come on. I, I, I was going to say Jim Benning as the biggest disappointment <laughs> because he's just in a, br- a brutal offseason. Um, Van- to touch on, on Vancouver, their top six is fantastic. Their bottom six is among the league's worst. I, I cannot look at that. It's brutal. I don't know how you can be satisfied with that. Uh, Schmidt is a good ad, but that was a gimme for, for Vancouver. Everyone else is just so awful. What? We talked about this endlessly. Uh, they lose Stetcher and Tanev. They gain, they gain Schmidt. Like, how so I have, a couple, I have a couple here, a couple players. Uh, I was going to touch on Boston, but I mentioned that. We kind of talked about Pittsburgh. So my two players that are going to disappoint. Uh, first one is Chris, Chris Tanev. Because he's really not that good of a defenseman. Like, well, he's a good shutdown. But it sucks that Vancouver lost him. Is, it no, is a, sorry, he is a perceived. He is a good perceived shutdown guy, and he is uh, relatively good defensively. But him taking on, you know, replacing Brody and being the savior for Giordano's side, I, I don't necessarily see it. But I think he'll play well. I just don't think he's worth the hype. The other one who is a massive disappointment, who I think will be a massive disappointment, is Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons has not has had a positive uh, goals above replacement since like 2017. He that cap hit is terrible. Um, you can't fully bury that. I understand he's a crash and bang fourth liner, but uh, he's not an offensive player, and he's honestly barely an NHL player at this point. Uh, and Vancouver. Agreed. Agreed. Totally agreed on Simmons. All right. Uh, biggest surprise. Who thinks going to surprise? Player. My team. Anyone? Pick. Tim Stutzle. In my opinion, but after um, I just crapped on your team, but thank you. Yep. Uh, for me, the surprise was the Calgary Flames for the reasons that I, I don't said not nice is. things about the Vancouver Canucks. I think Johnny Gaudreau is in for a bounce back year, likewise Sean Monahan. And look, they still got into that qualification area and were a playoff team prior to the COVID shutdown. 
even though a lot of their players were underperforming. I think Matt Kachuk is due for another step up. And, you know, you're adding one of the better goaltenders in the league in Jacob Markstrom. And in, through the, the entire time of this core group in Calgary, they have really never had a lights-out goaltender. And I think Jacob Markstrom is going to be that for them. So, uh, for me, Calgary Flames are going to surprise people. All right. Mine is uh, – I feel like people are kind of – Columbus is still a good team, and I think they're going to be a top three team, or at least the third best team in the uh, Central Division. You add Max Domi. I think he complements that system very well. I'm excited to see how he works with Torts. But you have Seth Jones. You have Zach Wierenski. Uh, Ryan Murray, even though he, he is not what he was supposed to be, is still a good defenseman. Um, and Buffalo's top six. I think if Taylor Hall can get back to that New Jersey form he once was in, uh, along with Jack Eichel, who is my heart pick, then they can do some damage and surprise some people, even though um, the rest of the roster isn't that great. The fun part. And After saying all that. The fun part. The, fun, the funnest is... part. That's what we're doing. So, I don't know how you guys want to do this. We can each list our first. Let's go from okay, seven Let's to go bot. I yeah. say bottom to top. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And, and I want to prep. Okay, never mind. I'll prep. I'll... I'll I'll do my, Never mind. This is for the Canadian division. So we did our winners of the other divisions. We've touched on the Canadian division, the award winners now, but we want to do a full bottom to top here on the Canadian division. Okay. There are seven teams in the Canadian division. So let's start with the seventh Ottawa. team. Um, hang on okay, now. Because do, Nick, do, Nick, do you have Vancouver? All together now. Uh, no, I've got Ottawa. Ottawa. <laughs> okay. Ottawa is my uh, second last team. Yeah, or, well, I last, team, I, last I, team. Sorry, last team. Sorry. Yeah, there, there's not much to say here. I I sort of will speak for everybody on this. I I don't think there's much to say. Ottawa probably not that much better than they were last year. Uh, again, this is a gimme top five, top three, top one pick for them in the upcoming draft. And uh, you know, there's no pressure on them to do well. So that's going to play right into their and hands. Yeah. And you know, this is a chance to play Stutz a lot to play some of your other prospects like Batterson, Brown, Norris a lot. Uh, whether they do that or not remains to be seen. That's a different conversation for a different day, but I think pretty obviously still uh, the least quality team in that division. And I don't think, I think they're going to be the worst, but I don't think they're going to be like the worst by a, a wide margin. Like uh, Murray can, Murray can, when Murray's hot, he's playing. I don't. Anyway, let's go to our uh, second last the sixth and let's just say six to two is gonna be a gong show i don't don't literally go on the order i think one to four i Uh, think there's tier bottom tier six two to five and one don't tell me six okay six i have winnipeg i also have winnipeg hey who do you have nick vancouver canucks (laughs) for all the reasons i said earlier that's Uh, stupid things that luke doesn't like clearly that i said winnipeg i can understand where you guys are coming from i'll just leapfrog it and say they were my fifth uh i i I just don't see the depth there at offense uh i don't like their defense at all they've got a great goaltender in hellebuck and that might win them some more games but i just don't see it with winnipeg yeah i have Winnipeg. yeah winnipeg's my second last being calgary is my fifth not um, vancouver is my fifth you guys are just bullies i was actually That's what I this was, is you know what i was doing yesterday i was bored and i actually wrote out everything that vancouver did and i'm not even kidding with you right now they lost let me just get this here you lost the pick you lost tyler madden tim schaller tyler Tofoli, troy stetcher jacob markstrom chris tanev and josh levo and you gain schmidt holtby and is that it is that it I'm asking, am I, am I forgetting something or is that? I know. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Hogmander's Hogmander. on the team. Okay. Let's pump the brakes on, on Niels Hogmander a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vancouver's my, my fifth. They're not very good. Um, awesome. Any, any reason for Calgary missing the playoffs for you, Luke? Um, yeah, Luke. I well, thought Markstrom again, was amazing. I thought he was I, your, uh, I, I do think Markstrom is amazing, but I don't think, the goaltending was Calgary's only issue for the past however many years. They have a lot of good players, but just compared to Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, Montreal, I couldn't really – Montreal maybe, but I couldn't really see Calgary being better than any of those teams. You're, you're riding a lot on, uh, on Vancouver's – Vancouver's very top-heavy. The talent they have is spectacular, but it drops off. Thank it's you. Very – yeah. Anyway – Gosh, we're, we're just praising Vancouver. Into also. the playoff teams now? 
Yes, the top four. Sorry, Luke, this might be a little out of your element, but my uh, <laughs> <laughs> my fourth best team is are the Calgary Flames. Mine was the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, again, Dreisaitl, McDavid are going to win you a lot of games single-handedly. They made some good ads at forward, I think, especially this offseason. But for me, the goaltending is still a bit of a question mark, and uh, it can easily go very wrong if Koskinen and Mike Smith are not good. But I think they should be just fine enough for them to get into the playoffs. I have the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Ever heard of them? I think you know what when I when I really kind of <laughs> consider it, they could fall maybe down into seventh. I you never know really. So yeah, Montreal, Montreal there in fourth, maybe seventh. Who knows? Okay, All right. Uh, my third team is the Montreal Canadiens again. Really good odds this offseason. Mark Bridgman had a good offseason. Uh, the goaltending tandem of Allen and Price, I think, is a massive upgrade. And I think is going to be, like Patrick has kept singing the praises of, like it's going to be one of the more underrated pickups of the offseason just because the volume of games, the amount your backup is going to have to play, and Allen's been effective in a tandem, and I think that's going to go a long way, a longer way than any other ad they made this offseason. That's very nice of you. Uh, my third best team are the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and yeah, I just think I like the additions of, of Turris. I like Ennis. Uh, not sold enough on Miko Koskinen and some of their defensemen, but uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid are that good, and I can't not have them as a top three team. I also think Edmonton got really good. Um, I have them in second. I, uh, but again, two to six is anyone's game, but I was a big fan of what they did in the off season. I would agree with you though. Uh, I'm not convinced by their goaltending, but that's okay. Cause they, is your third place team there for Vancouver? That's correct. Vancouver Canucks in third place. Book it, calling it now. You can take a, take a photo of my little list. Actually, I'll take a photo and I'll keep it. So well, my, right. well, we, we just got a couple minutes left yeah. here. I'll go quickly. Uh, I sang the praises of the Calgary Flames. I This is my hot take of the day. They're finishing second place. I think Markstrom is going to carry them there. I think the bounce back years are going to go a longer way than we're thinking. And uh, I like Calgary on paper. I know Patrick's not a big Calgary guy. He said that before, but I, I think it's going to work out for them. Uh, my number two team are the Montreal Canadiens. You look at all of the depth. <clears throat> it's a very score by committee team. And you look at their fifth line of Frolik and Perry. That's better than a lot of teams, uh, third and fourth line. So I just want to put that out there. I like the depth they had. I, I've been very critical of the Joel Edmondson acquisition. I'm not sold on Montreal's defensive ability to transition. But as far as forwards go, like Tyler Toffoli is playing on the third line. If anyone gets injured, you can you can move guys up and down uh, with one of the tan better let's, tandems in the league. Let's just not talk about first. How about that? Yeah, and you know what? At first place, we all have a team from Toronto. They've got some good players. I think they're the favorites to win this division, and it's catastrophic failure at this Who point cares? if they don't. And I think we can leave it at that, right? I guess Agreed. so. Apparently, we can't talk. All right. So, looking at the the standings, we all have, or at least the ones Nick and I have, because ours are we, our top four is the same, just a, a different. And they're correct. Well, I think I think mine's mm -hmm. correct. That's for sure. Uh, I, and I understand Leafs fans are excited because why wouldn't you be excited um, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, given how they are just so amazing? But the, the, I think that what everyone seems to think is that Toronto is far and away the best team in this division. Uh, I have Toronto finishing first, and I think most people would i know we all do but do you guys think they are far and ahead the best team yes yeah like I, they i i think there's a lot of moving around to be done in this division but i don't think it's in the one or the seven spot and i've kind of been saying that two to six anything goes but i do think toronto is the pretty pretty set first f first position if they're not that is uh that's not that's not a good look for for the Leafs but look at the at the end of the day sometimes hockey is unpredictable and the Leafs at time have shown to be even though they are very strong on paper time, they underperform again. considerably consistently but, yeah well, but just looking at it on paper I I think when you're doing that, you can't predict what's going to happen. You can't predict that they're just going to underperform naturally. I think you've just got to look at it pretty objectively. They have the best forward group. They full of high end skill, some of the best in the league. 
They've supplemented it well in the offseason, bringing in guys like Joe Thornton. I think, you know, bringing back Jason Spezzo was a no-brainer. Their bottom six is pretty strong as well now, too. They've got depth, and they've got a lot of guys uh, from the Marlies on their taxi squad that are going to help down the stretch. And, you know, a lot of people have picked on their defensive play for years. They made an effort to improve that in the offseason, picking up TJ Brody. But I, I still look at the rest of the Canadian division, and I can't even say Toronto has anything but the strongest defense core in the Canadian division. Because I, if you're to name what Toronto's a pretty middling defense core at the end of the day, I would still say. But I would say the other six Canadian teams are all worse than them, funny enough. So they probably have the strongest defense in this division. Frederick Anderson, again, you can make the debate where he stands amongst goaltenders in the Canadian division, but he's probably on his day still a top 10 goaltender in the National Hockey League. So when you just look at it purely on paper like that, I mean, there's no reason to put the Leafs anywhere but first in this division and say they'll run away with it. But again, it all comes down to how they start. And if they start stumbling sort of like they did last season, then it's not going to go well for them. But there's nothing sticking out to me that says there's going to be that. I can't predict that. I just have to say, I think they will finish first. And right, I, think, I have them. Go ahead, Luke. Just quickly. I think though 56 games is a short season and Nick was mentioning how important it is to get hot. I do think 56 games is long enough that Toronto will naturally rise to the top. And at the same time, Ottawa will naturally fall to the bottom. I don't think it's short enough that it's going to be, just a massive jumble and anyone's going to go anywhere. I agree. And I, I have Toronto in first. I have them sticking at first. I don't see them completely running away with it. I think that's the only disagreement I would have. Um, I'm not sure how Thornton and Simmons are going to work with. I think Thornton's going to complement them extremely well. The other acquisitions I'm still hesitant on. Um, that's just as far as forwards go, losing Kapanen and Janssen is a loss, but I love what they did to the defense. Uh, Miko Lettinen was a very sneaky good addition uh, out of Europe, and, and he's been looking good in their scrimmages, and TJ Brody as well. Uh, Barry never really worked, so I'm, I'm, I'm not pleased, but they did really well there. But I, I can't look at, I honestly think you can make an argument for any of my top four to finish. Um, I know a lot of people have Calgary uh, finishing at the top. People have uh, McDavid and Drysdale doing all the work. Like any of those four for me, I could see it, but I'll have to keep Toronto in the number one spot. Um, speaking of Toronto and all these other teams, the key matchups, do you guys think that this is going to be a more violent season? You're going to have the Battle of Alberta uh, probably 10 times a year. You're going to have uh, Battle of Ontario. You're going to have Montreal, Ottawa, who's had some pretty nasty rivalries, Montreal, Toronto. Do you think there are going to be more fights and more injuries? And do you think this is going to be a really nasty hockey season? I can't see too much of a rise just because of the lack of fans. I think that often plays a lot of part in it, the environment uh, itself. But I still think for what this Canadian division is, and we started talking about this long before it was even a thing, that this is going to be one of the most entertaining seasons for a hockey fan living in Canada. And I think um, I, I, this truly probably going to be once in a lifetime type thing, but uh, I think it's something we're all going to really enjoy regardless. I, th I think in certain areas, like, I mean, Edmonton and Calgary already play each other six times a season or whatever. So 10, yeah, it's, it's probably going to increase that a bit, but unless something's already there, I doubt, um, I doubt like Ottawa and Vancouver are going to be going at it all year. I couldn't really see that, but no, I don't only, know. You never only know. in this call. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's a lot of games in a short period of time, but I, I couldn't really see it being um, rivalries coming out of anything. But at the same time, now that I kind of think about that, I bet there were some rivalries that will come out of, um, come out of this year, ones that didn't really exist before. So I don't know. Yeah, I. I was gonna say Patrick, sort of on a last note, unless you had anything to wrap up on that, I was gonna say. I, I think your key matchup for this Canadian division, if I had to guess, is going to be Toronto and Montreal. Yeah, key ma well, I, I think most, I think one of the most exciting ones, I think it's going to be those ones. And I would add the battle of Alberta. And I also think uh, Ottawa, look, Ottawa is the worst team by like by far, but I don't think they are so terrible. You still have a starting goalie. You still have Dodonov or Dadnov, however you say his name that people are forgetting about. Brady Kachuk is going to take some pretty good steps this year. Tim Stutzel, like they won't be, 
they'll still be the worst team, but they will be able to compete better with those teams. And we know how Toronto and Ottawa can get. Uh, and I thought before that in a condensed season, playing them so many times could dry out a rivalry because you'd get tired of them. Whereas, for example, if uh, Edmonton had to wait two months to play Calgary, there's a lot of temptation and build up. Whereas now it's in so many games, like a playoff series, you're so used to the same opponent. I think you can make the argument either way for if it's going to be more violent or less violent. Um, but yeah, probably Montreal, Toronto. I think that's going to get, I'm already anxious for the game. I would say that the key like sort of matchup, the marquee one at least would be the battle of Alberta just because of the pre-existing hate there. But I think what's going to be key to this division and everything that happens uh, and hear me out on this one. I think it's going to be everybody and what they do against the Ottawa senators, because Everybody's pegging that team to finish last. Everybody's going to go into games versus Ottawa this year with the expectation that they're going to go and win that game. But if all of a sudden you at least split your season series with the Senators, you're losing five games to the worst team in the division. So I think Ottawa in at least some way will have some sort of a role in deciding oh, for who sure. finishes yeah. where in this oh. division, because at least every team is going to want to win the majority and a large majority at that of their games against the Ottawa Senators. But say, for instance, you're the Montreal Canadiens and you're going halves with the Senators in your season series. I'm not saying that's going to happen or I think that's going to happen. But if you do, that puts a dent on where you're finishing in that two to four spot, right? It, it goes a long way. So I think what's key to this division is how everybody performs against a team that is quite frankly going to underperform in my view. Yep, I think I think I would agree. And like last year, uh, Ottawa gave Montreal a lot of trouble. Brady Kachuk had that one OT winner. Like they're not an easy team to beat. And then the other, I think, two of the four or two of the three games they played went into overtime. So uh, I, I don't think we can write off Ottawa. And given how hot Matt Murray can get, um, that just about does it. Unless you guys have anything else to add for our forty-eighth uh, episode of Take the Take, we are approaching our fiftieth episode. For those listening, we are going to try to get some sort of live stream figured out. Uh, be it through Twitter, through YouTube. Uh, we still have to figure that out, but hopefully we will have that um, in a consistent schedule um, every Sundays or every Thursdays, um, I believe in the evening. Um, for, I guess, Nick, Nick, the Suns don't play yet, but Luke, who does Vancouver open with on Wednesday? Edmonton. Edmonton. And who do you think is going to win that game? Vancouver. Patrick. Is uh, Montreal win the little old guard rivalry game there Wednesday? Um, I th- someone's gonna win, that's for sure. Like it's gonna come on, come down to one of the two. Um, I don't want to. That's, say that's the striking analysis everybody's gonna tune in for. Yes. So, somebody is going to win a hockey game. That's... Uh, I'm gonna say yes because I'm fe- I'm feeling good about the season. I think they're gonna win. It's kind of silly. Winning game. But... Um, and yeah, so we'll see. Uh, season is gonna be underway really soon. We're super excited and. Uh, Yeah. Thanks uh, everyone who tuned in and we will uh, see you next week. Take care.